I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast. My name is Nate the Force Ghost, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Back to Tank Brecker. Uh, we'll be locked in an escape pod for about, for just a little while, and we have two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi to cover, so while you're here, go ahead and listen to the episode, share it with friends, rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Milk Drop, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and then we'll be covering parts four and five of the obi-wan kenobi series that being said again my name is nate and i'm joined by my good friend brucker brucker i know you're feeling a little under the weather but how's it going it's going great it would be better if i was inside a back to tank recording this right now and that would be amazing (laughs) but i'm doing good and yes i'm happy to talk about these last two episodes episodes four and five of kenobi this is just has been uh, some of my favorite stuff that we've seen so far from mm-hmm. Disney and everything. I've loved these episodes, but yes, apologies that these episodes are kind of late. I went out of town and then I got sick. So here we are. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I also had like work stuff too. So it's not on, it's not on Brooker. It's on, we're just, we're just busy guys. What can we say? <laughs> but I'm excited to be doing like these double dose episodes. I think these are probably my favorite because we get to cover a whole lot in a little bit of time and i don't know it's it's better for time i don't know it's just fun it's just good for us oh, um, yeah, absolutely these were like really good episodes packed with so much stuff and they were they were also like tonally kind of different but also like the same i don't know there's there's just a lot to unpack from these two episodes um and i had so much fun with both of these mm-hmm. yeah and they kind of flow they do flow well together they're like you said, there's a lot of things that just kind of pique your interest and a lot of like a lot of opportunity to take like Star Wars lore in different directions, I guess, in other projects, I felt like from these two episodes. So I'm super excited to talk about them. So that being said, this is how it's going to work for this episode. We'll be going over, obviously, the show details, um, initial reactions and just like a general discussion of things that stuck out. We're going to try to predict the finale. I don't know where Brecker stands on this because I like kind of don't know where this is going, but you know, we're going to do our best (laughs) to figure that out. This one, this one's tough to really pinpoint what exactly is the direction that they're wanting to go into. And I feel like we Mm -hmm. need at least 90 minutes in the last episode to really wrap everything up. So I, I'm, I, I guess this is a good position to be in, in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. you're you're, you're still, whatever it's going to be, is going to be kind of a surprise that, you know, we're not, necessarily able to to say okay so this is what they're going to do so i don't know I, I guess that's a positive way to look at it yeah yeah definitely can't do with these like 40 minute episodes we've been getting but i've learned one thing from this whole series is that trust deborah chow that's yes <laughs> that's yes. pretty much it in deborah that's... chow we trust yes absolutely exactly. i hope that she gets more projects from this i want to see her stuff on the big screen one day yeah i, I think a movie from her that. would be really good yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah she definitely needs to do some of her own movies uh, star wars movies i would love that mm-hmm. okay back to the agenda we will be finishing off with our death star ratings and then closing out the show <clears throat> but let's go ahead and jump into some of these details the show details uh so again this is a two-parter uh part four k- 
came out, the official release date was Wednesday, June 8th. And part five came out on June 15th, 2022. Part four was about 36 minutes. Part five was 40 minutes. Again, short episodes, but, you know, hopefully we get something a little bit longer. Uh, these were written by Joby Harold, uh, directed by Jebber Chow. Our stars were Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Moses Ingram, Vivian Lyra Blair, who's playing Leia, Indira Varma, O'Shea Jackson Jr., that's Ice Cube's kid, and Jimmy Smits, a.k.a. Bale Organa. Big dude, cast, you know, a lot of good dude, people in this. It's a big cast, and Ice Cube's kid that you just mentioned, Roken, lo- love this character. I think he's Roken, a good character. As soon as I heard his name, I went, that is an awesome Star Wars name, Roken, love it. <laughs> he kind of gave me like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings vibes with the name. But oh, okay. Like it seemed token, a little like middle token. Middle Earth to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get you. Yeah. Anyways, uh, here's our episode summary. So I tried to summarize it in a way that kind of flows between the two episodes, which these flowed perfectly together. So here it is, just to catch you up. After escaping the mining planet of Mapuzo, Obi Wan Kenobi and Tala arrive on Jabim while little Princess Leia is trapped in Fortress Inquisitorius to be interrogated by Reva. Obi-Wan and Tala infiltrate the Inquisitor's base and manage to rescue Leia, but not without putting all of the path in danger. Again, the path is like the Underground Railroad that we've been talking about. In the next episode, we find Reva recently promoted to Grand Inquisitor by Darth Vader himself, tracking down Obi-Wan and the path to Jabim. Throughout the episode, Obi-Wan recalls a training session between him and Anakin and uses what he learned then to help buy time for the daring escape from the clutches of Darth Vader now. Showered in shame, Reva is stabbed and left to die by Vader, and the not-actually-dead Grand Inquisitor after she tries assassinating Darth Vader after her motivations for revenge are revealed to Obi-Wan. We're left in limbo as a near-death Reva discovers the location of the young Luke Skywalker through Obi-Wan's missing transmitter. Again, that was a very spoilerific summary, but that's kind of pretty much exactly what happened in the episode. It was pretty cut and dry. Um, mm-hmm. Brucker, give me give me your initial reaction, not just to just one, but the, just the episode pairing together. What did you think? So these episodes are actually really fun to watch back to back because they do kind of work really well as like a little mini feature when you watch them uh back to back like this and that's what i did last night i watched both of these episodes um together and it was a lot of fun because it it flows super well together mm-hmm. um and honestly uh part four the the whole them uh going to go save princess leia from from nur it really it kind of felt like a live action episode of the clone wars uh it mm-hmm. it felt really fun and it it felt like it was getting back into that Star Wars kind of magic. Like this felt like a Star Wars kind of thing, like, like very much like a Star Wars story. Um, it, was, it was, I loved both of these. There were things to nitpick, of course, but um, overall, I really, really, really enjoyed these. Um, and I guess like the biggest thing that I'm kind of left like questioning really in, in terms of like the writing for this is that I have no idea what they're trying to do with the the Reva's character. Uh, mm-hmm. I 
I because I, I don't know her. I I, I kind of called it because I think I predicted a few episodes ago that I think that like when if she's actually uh, someone on the inside for the rebellion, she's trying to get close to Vader to kill him. That's mm-hmm. that was half right, it, <laughs> but she's just more of a rogue, and I really don't necessarily understand what it is that they're trying to do with her in this. Mm-hmm. I guess, but um, I was kind of just left questioning. I just don't get this character. Um, but anyways, Obi Wan's awesome. I loved how in part four, <laughs> part four is all about him getting his groove back, him like working his way up to getting it, and then in part five. It's like he's back. He's like General Kenobi from like the Clone Wars. He's back. Roken even calls him General. Um, and another <laughs> I didn't catch st- that. Yeah, it, which was kind of interesting because it actually happened in Part Four. Roken called him just General, like off, just you know, just at, I don't know. First, first talking, ugh, them first talking, he calls him General. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, this has been really fun. And something that I kind of noticed, and let me know if you've kind of no- noticed wait, this wait, pattern. Wait. Sorry, I didn't want to go into the show without giving my reaction, but... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no, you go ahead and give your reaction, and then I'll tell you like the thing that I kind of picked up from all these episodes. I want to see if you've also picked it up, too. Okay. Okay. Um, Sorry, that was... <laughs> I did not mean to cut you off. You were, no, dude. You had a full train of thought. I'm sorry. I just wanted to... No, dude, you're totally fine. Um, I think uh, I, I really enjoyed these two episodes. Like you were saying, like it felt very Star Wars. I feel like that that these two episodes felt very Star Wars because we had a lot of, um, I guess, like similarities. I guess, uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to look for? They did a lot of similar scenes from the movies that we saw in this episode. A lot of callbacks. Like parallels, maybe. yeah. Parallels, that's the word. Um, like, like with Obi-Wan swimming underwater things like that, the interrogation scene, et cetera, et cetera. These episodes also gave us a lot of um, just like, hmm, moments where just you kind of think, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there to get into, you know, why why they did this, like specifically with the Jedi in the Amber. I thought that one was probably one of the most uh, interesting scenes to me because I'm just like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? You know what I mean? Like, we and it's just a lot of about that. Yeah, a lot of theorizing, a lot of hypothesizing, and I just can't wait to see, <clears throat> I guess, what direction they go with that, because surely they're not going to explain that away in this next episode. That's going to be something that's going to be covered in a comic or a book or a TV show down the road, you know, where mm-hmm. maybe we see the beginning of this whole process. So I think the, these shows got me excited in a way, like not necessarily just for the show, but just for Star Wars as a whole. And that was just kind of how I felt like throughout the whole thing. Um, obviously we got our Easter eggs. We got a lot of characters from other things and a lot of like moments and things like that. And it was just, it was just a fun show, a fun show overall. Um, but sorry, now you go. What were you going to say? <laughs> oh no, you're totally fine. So something I was thinking about this in that this is a six part series. Okay. And there are six, you know, original Star Wars movies, you know, not including the the sequel trilogy. Um, and I wonder if they're trying to like sort of mimic each episode matches the corresponding movie and like in terms of like themes or just like certain like plot points we get in it. Um, mm-hmm. So like in episode one of Kenobi kind of in a sense sort of mirrors the Phantom Menace a little bit um, in just terms that like, you know, you're 
you figure out that Reva is kind of the phantom menace of it uh, because when um, when Princess Leia gets kidnapped, you're not really sure exactly who's behind it, but we find out that it's Reva that's kind of like being the puppeteer about this just to get Kenobi out of Tatooine, out of the desert. And then in part two, it was more like visually, it was a lot like Attack of the Clones because we get just Kenobi going through uh, he wasn't on Coruscant, but it was very much like a a city like planet like that. Him just going through there on his mission, and then part three was a lot like Revenge of the Sith, and very much like the whole like burning thing. But Kenobi was going through it and everything. And the we get the duel between him and Anakin again, and then part mm-hmm. four is like a New Hope. It's very much Kenobi is having to go and infiltrate the Empire to save Princess Leia, just like in a New Hope. And then part five was kind of a lot like um, Empire Strikes Back because, again, the Empire is now kind of striking back in this. And we kind of get this um, scene of the the rebels being in a corner and having to escape uh, on uh, Jabim, but in Empire, it's Hoth. And when Vader's like walking through the tunnels and everything, I was getting like Hoth vibes from that, from Empire. So I'm wondering... Mm-hmm part six if that's going to be like return of the jedi what 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 like what we can expect from that thematically or anything yeah Yeah. wow that's that's a really good way to describe it because you know when you said it at first i don't think i was like i don't know but as you kind of went through it like that makes complete sense there were yeah there were a lot of parallels what do you think they're going to do for this one you think the see, emperor is going to show up? Do you think that's going to be something oh, that's going to be relevant in this? But see, I wonder if we are going to get. I think we talked about that some, but I think that'd be really cool if we do mm-hmm. get that. Um, what if like Reva just goes over Vader's head and goes straight to Palpatine? I feel like Palpatine would just instantly murder her if she did that. But <laughs> I, yeah, I really don't know what to expect because like in Empire, or I'm sorry, not Empire, in Return of the Jedi, I'm trying to think. I guess maybe we're just going to see Obi-Wan just like fully back, like even more so than in this mm-hmm. one. Um, I'm trying maybe to the parallels will be like Reva is going to be redeemed, just similar to how Vader oh. was redeemed. Right. And she's going to try to help Obi-Wan, but she's going to die. That's probably the, that's a really good point. And that's probably the most likely thing to happen. I, I mm-hmm. would suspect. Okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I could see it because like, I mean, using Luke similar. So in this case, Vader is Darth Sidious, the emperor. Reva is Darth Vader. She brings Luke Skywalker, similar to how Darth Vader brought Luke Skywalker to, um, <laughs> to, oh, the, to the to emperor. To yeah. She's bringing uh, Luke to Vader in a way. And then Kenobi's playing the role of Luke to try to like stop that from happening you know but also like trying to save luke at the same time i don't know that's it's peace it's like it's clicking around in my head the gears just Mm -hmm. aren't like really like flowing together just yet but it's that's it's churning it's going okay that would make i i think if they are kind of playing off of that you know let's mirror the corresponding movie to like to match the episode i think Mm -hmm. the the redemption arc is the most likely thing to happen Okay. So I wonder if it's going to be any sort of like self-sacrificing. I wonder if like Reva like sacrifices herself for the cause or anything like that. Because I, 
it's interesting because I think they got to do something with her, not because she isn't in Rebels, right? No, she's not in Rebels. I could see her being that way, though, if it means Vader's going to die, right? <clears throat> like if Obi-Wan can be like, look, this she, he's the chosen one. She's the chosen one. These two <laughs> are going to make it happen. And, you know, you'll get your you'll get your revenge in the long run, maybe. I don't know. That's yeah. I'm just, I don't know. It's a stretch. It's a stretch it, at this point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. But I feel like they, they have to somehow explain why she isn't in Rebels, assuming she's not dead at the end of this episode, which which is yeah. kind of like frustrating that they do that sometimes. But um, but I guess I guess just getting to characters that did die from these last last two episodes. I'm so sad about Tala. Tala was such an awesome character, I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you thought about her, but I thought she was awesome. And I loved her in part four of this she was so good just infiltrating uh fortress inquisitorious um i loved this whole like dressing down of this like petty officer that she does mm-hmm. and she's just like this she's like excuse me w- w- what's your role he says like he's like head of security whatever he's okay that means i'm your commanding officer and you shall address me as <laughs> sir and it's just like damn she just put him in his place i loved it she was mm-hmm. so good in these episodes i she, she she was a standout for me and i'm legitimately sad that, that she's dead and her death scene was so impactful too she was just an mm-hmm. awesome character She's definitely one of those characters where it's like a very meaningful death because, you know, you can always mm-hmm. have like those random like stray characters, like tertiary characters where it's just like, you know, they're going to die. You'd be OK if they died because they're not really that big of a deal to this whole thing. But when mm-hmm. she died, it actually did come as a little bit of a shock to me because I felt like she had more of a story to tell. And that's probably a good thing that they did kill her off in that way because it was like it gave her some sort of closure to her life and like her struggles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's still helping the cause and. Yeah, it hit it hit home. It hit home. It did compared to like, I guess other people in other Star Wars realms that just kind of died. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I I just like totally remembered to go back to something that you had said before about yeah. Reva's character. So previously, I hold on, hand up. My prophecy about Reva and her motivations maybe was like almost spot on. I would say without <laughs> okay. without the connection made to the Grand Inquisitor. But I was so satisfied that that was like kind of how it went down where she was actually just trying to get revenge against all these different people and like using people to get herself closer to this, that it like her acting, I don't feel any type of way about it. I, I thought it was good. So I'm confused for you where, where, where are you still like not, where are you still like lost with her character? specifically i don't know i just it, it i guess it just like, doesn't what do you make, want from her <laughs> I, I i don't know i i just think i just think maybe it's just an ingredient too much in this show with a lot of stuff going on um i just i don't know i I guess it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I guess maybe since she felt like she was burned by both sides of the war, the empire and the re- the rebellion or Republic uh, that she kind of just says, you know, like screw it. I'm just going to be a rogue and she's just killing Jedi. Cause I guess she felt like they abandoned her and, but she's also going after Vader cause he slaughtered her family, which were Jedi and she was upset by that. So it's like kind of contradictory in that sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I guess, I just didn't understand why she was also wanting to kill 
Jedi in for like the sake of just getting close to Vader to assassinate him. I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Also, just I, I'm still on the boat that I don't really think that her acting is being is super good. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know. I was talking about it last night with someone and we were kind of just came to I think it's just like her voice. She's her voice is just too soft. I feel like that she just doesn't have villain in her and like if she was mm-hmm. if she was playing like a rebellion pilot or something like that that like she would probably be doing like a more convincing job mm-hmm. and i kind of just i kind of just laugh in part five when when kenobi and her are talking through the wall because uh, i'm just like kenobi's just talking to a wall because that's just basically what like her acting is kind of like right now I'm like i just kind of found that so funny he's like he's literally just like there's acting off a wall right now, but yeah, I don't know. I, and I feel bad saying that because like, I hate like critique critiquing acting and whatever, but I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just confused on like what they're actually trying to do with her. Yeah. And it feels like a spice too much in this show, but I don't know. I think it, I feel like it's a good touch though, that she is, she doesn't have like a bad guy feel to her. You know what I mean? like in terms of her playing a bad character, like the villain, because that isn't who she is. And I feel like that's how that that's what makes her make sense in this is that we know she's not bad because she doesn't seem that way, but she's playing this bad character. And that's like exactly the role she's playing in this show. Cause I'm thinking about like, you know, people that you probably meet in your, in your passing life. And you're just like, dude, this is not like you. Like, why would you do this? Nobody expect this from me. This is not who you are as a person. And that's kind of how I'm like relating it to Reva. That's like, this is us to her. Like, you're not like this. You're like, you're inherently a good person. Like, why, why are you doing these horrible things? So that's, that's kind of how I view it. And I feel like it makes sense. So I think, yeah, we're just on a different, we're like, looking at it from, I guess, a different perspective or yeah, it's okay. things of that nature. But yeah, I will we'll, say, we'll, we'll, I thought we could disagree. I will say though, I did think, Reva was doing a good job in part four when she was talking with Tala and because Tala we're at the point where Tala is needing to come up with a distraction for Kenobi before she blinds Princess Leia I'm not really sure what she was about to do there but that's what I think was about to happen and Tala kind of confesses how she's a double spy or double agent or something like that and I I liked this whole back and forth between her and Reva I thought Reva did a good job Mm-hmm. And that and everything. So um, that, I, th- I thought that was good. Um, and just I don't know, the whole them infiltrating uh, Fortress Inquisitorius was a lot of fun. I got a lot of a new hope vibes. And mm-hmm. Fortress Inquisitorius is also kind of like a cool looking thing. I just love like the whole like color palette that we're getting all these like blues and greens. It's uh, I don't know, it was kind of calming, uh, but really nice to have and everything. And it was mm-hmm. funny to learn in the episode that the, the planet it's on, Nur, it's in the Mustafar system. So I love that Vader was just like, yeah, I'm going to make y'all just be like a very short commute for me. So that way I can mm-hmm. like, just keep, keep an eye on y'all. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Vader just doesn't, he's a He's trying to work from home as much as he can. He's just working <laughs> kind of a hybrid schedule at this moment. That's all. A little bit in the office, a little bit at home. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's it's all. so good. And Vader, I mean, we, we got to talk about that at some point. Just later, later is later. so good in this. Yes, okay, later. Dude, later we'll talk about been, Vader. But he's been crazy. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about in episode four. So once once 
Obi-Wan breaks in. He's swimming through the water, similar to how he's doing in in, uh, in episode one. Breaks in. You know, he's hiding from all the stormtroopers and stuff. And then he stumbles upon this chamber that is full of Jedi in like what look like amber mm-hmm. containers. And this scene just, I can't even be, I had to pause because I was like, this is too much for me. Like in terms of just speculating in the moment, you know, what is this about? Cause I'm looking at these guys and I'm thinking, Oh, these must be all the Jedi that they killed. And as I like rewound it and went back through it, I'm noticing none of these jet, all these Jedi look stunned. They all have like this shocked look on their face. Like they've been just mm-hmm. like frozen in time. There were no like bullet marks, no like burns from a lightsaber. That's a really good point. They just, they just looked perfectly preserved as if they were captured in Amber, like similar to, you know, the mosquito in Jurassic park. And what is that about? Like what, what in the world? And then not only that, they, they just showed us all these different characters, which two of them were like recognizable characters from, you know, expanded Canon media. Um, and that was just, it was just nuts. I, I would have, probably prefer to see somebody that I guess meant more to us <laughs> as characters. Mm-hmm. But what do you think that was about that? I need to know your thoughts. Cause I got some thoughts, but I want to hear what you got to say. I wondered like two things and they might be connected. So I, I was, that's a really good point you made, by the way, I never really noticed that we don't see any like wounds on them that indicate that they were slayed before they were captured in this Amber um, I do suspect that they are actually dead. Their tissues are just being preserved in mm-hmm. that. Maybe this is Vader trying to figure out like carbonite freezing before he figures that out in uh, empire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause I don't know that technology is around yet. Cause empire, they kind of imply that like they're trying to figure that out for mm-hmm. uh, capturing Luke. Cause they don't want to kill him. They want to just preserve him. So I wonder if like, this is kind of like them trying to figure that out and or and might this might be playing into it as well or maybe they're just trying to capture all of these jedi or these force users and preserve them to harvest midichlorians for mm-hmm. palpatine cloning you know as we get closer to um rise of skywalker sort of territory you know somehow yeah. palpatine is back and this might and i feel like disney's maybe trying to like go back but, all right well, we got to fix that yeah <laughs> well, let's explain what's here. happening here um, I also wonder, do you think that this could possibly be like they're trying to do cloning, not necessarily for Palpatine, but like try to clone these people just to, like build like an army of inquisitors from from these. So you've you've opened the floodgates. Can Ooh, I like can please. I just spill real quick? OK, spill, Woo! spill, spill like the elevator seat in The Shining. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to bring in some canon and I'm going to bring in some legends, the non-canon stuff, and I'll let you know what's what. So starting with canon in terms of cloning Jedi in the Bad Batch TV series. Spoilers. If you don't. Sorry, Brooker. I'm going to say it. Uh, I don't know if you've planned on seeing Bad Batch at all. But in the in the first episode, we're we're on Camino and they're bringing in dead bodies. Right. And they say 
the, the, the Kaminoans are, are saying, or somebody in charge is saying like, these are the bodies of the dead clones and we're just bringing them back to examine them. And then an arm drops and like a lightsaber is shown from one of the, the cadavers. And they're like, wait. And then someone notices that's actually, that's a Jedi. That's not clone troopers being brought back. So then they realize that all of these cadavers being brought back are just the dead Jedis from battle being brought to Kamino where the cloning facility is. So that, yes, absolutely. They're definitely something with cloning is involved here. And then how that kind of bringing in like some of the legend stuff, there is a comic series called, I want to say dark empire and in dark empire, the whole premise of it is that Palpatine clones himself. So this is post episode six. So Palpatine is dead, but he's got like a contingency plan in place where he's got hundreds of clones of himself. Right. And, but the problem with these clones is that because he is so uh, powerful in the dark side of the force, it like deteriorates his body and these clones can only live for like a day. And the whole struggle is that he's trying to capture Luke to get his DNA to put in his clones or to clone Luke so it's like uh, to like preserve his body better. I forget how it works. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of took some of that front and put it in episode nine whenever Palpatine is like stealing the life force of Kylo Ren and Rey, right? So that's how they kind of got around that whole thing in the comics. But cloning is like a major, major theme in all of the expanded universe. And this is comics from like the eighties, right? So this is like just been ingrained in us. So cloning was just not a new thing whenever it was presented to us in movie form in uh, like the prequel trilogy. So, and there's, there's a whole lot of other examples of it throughout, right? We've got like the Thrawn, the original Thrawn trilogy where, um, you know, you've got (laughs) the main villain of this trying to clone Luke as well. And he does clone Luke. And he tries to clone Leia and then they try to capture their kids so they can make better Palpatine versions down the road. Anyway, it's a whole lot of things, but it's everything kind of ties into clones. But there's also some things that they could be doing with it separately. But I just wanted to to, to share that thought with you so you can continue your thought. I love that. I love how you're tying in the Dark Empire stuff into this, because I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's also setting precedence for what the star Wars people have done. Cause as you said, like that mm-hmm. comic, I just looked it up, came out in 92. So 92. yeah. So that's been around for a while. And I think that makes a lot of sense that, you know, that this would be part of like that con- uh, contingency plan for Palpatine in case something happens. I do hope that we learn like a little bit about this. Like I'm, I'm okay with being left in the dark. Somewhat just, just for us to speculate and for now. a little bit for now. For now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to see, it would be kind of cool to see like a flashback of like one of them being captured in the amber um, mm. or something like that. So I wonder if these were like specific Jedi that I wonder if like Palpatine just had like a list of people that he wanted captured in amber. Cause I can't imagine Vader doing this to every single one. Right. So like, I wonder yeah. if Palpatine had like a wish list of, of people that he definitely wanted captured in amber, um, which is, which I think would be kind of interesting to like, because he's like maybe wanting to go after people with specific force Certain traits qualities yeah yeah kind of like how um you talked about how Quinlan Voss has that specific force ability to where he can um, he can touch w- things and then know the yes what you call it yeah. it wasn't kinesis it was uh, uh like psychometry, psychometry or something 
yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, so that'd be, so that'd be kind of cool to learn if like all of these have like some sort of like special force ability that like he's trying to like make this super like X Men mutant uh, Palpatine clone with all these different abilities and mm-hmm. it was kind of sad. <laughs> it was kind of sad seeing that one youngling frozen in an mm-hmm. ember. Uh, I want or amber. Uh, I wonder if that was one of the younglings we saw in part one of Kenobi in that uh, order 66 opening. Maybe he still had his robes on. He still had that little helmet thing. So probably yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't keep that on if he's in like in hiding. Um, yeah, I do want to talk sure. about some of the Jedi though. So you were talking about like, I wonder if some of these Jedi are special in some way. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, so the first one, the old man with like the two ponytail looking things, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't human at all. That was uh Tara Sinube. So he, is uh he's like 200 years old right so he was in the high republic uh the new star wars venture and then he was also in the clone wars uh later obviously later in his years and he was actually at the like towards the end of his life but at one point during the high republic he was like super famous he was like um uh like an investigator right that was his specialty um and that, that was his force powers just, I guess, kind of amplified that. So he was very involved in like the underground world, similar to um, Jedi detective. That's so cool. Jedi Jedi detective. Exactly. Because he was around during the High Republic. There wasn't a lot of like there were no Sith right during that no period. Cops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no bad guys to go to go investigate. So he was just uh, investigating the underworld. And he was just like extremely famous during that time. And obviously, as time went on and we got to the more present day, he was just like less relevant. So he would just be more of like a voice of reason for, for different things. But he did, he was involved in the clone wars uh, with like a minor investigation regarding Ahsoka. Well, not minor, but major anyway. Ooh, dude, this, and the, this uh, dude sounds so cool. I love that. Dude, he was cool. He was a pretty cool character. It actually was pretty sad to see him like quote unquote dead. We don't, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think he's dead. But. I, I think they're dead. Cause yeah, I don't think, cause you know, at least like with the frozen carbonite, sorry, uh, with the frozen carbonite, there's like some sort of like the life, life support meter. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like some sort of like charting system uh, next to it that like, you know, tells you, oh, yeah, they're fine. They got this oxygen level, whatever. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see name tags for, for these um, <laughs> name tags. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, hey, I mean, you, you got to have some sort of like or organized systems. Be like, hey, go get me Jedi. So and so like, all right. I mean, it's impossible to find them, sir. None of them are labeled the, the Dewey Decimal System, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> J.2.00.a. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's that's so funny. I'm sorry to yeah. continue. Um the other <laughs> the other Jedi was his name was and I'm gonna butcher this last name, Coleman Kajak. Jack Jack Kajaj. <laughs> I don't know. Hi-ya! Samurai Jack. <laughs> um he was a member of the Jedi High Council. Uh so he was probably super powerful in his own way. I actually don't know anything about him but we did see him in episode two he fought on geonosis so oh right he did survive yeah he did survive from geonosis but he was one of the characters that um obi-wan kind of lingered on along with tara sinube the other guys they're probably in like gonna be in some like future animated form i think that's that's just my mm. thought because they did look they did look did look kind of cool there was that one guy that kind of looked like uh he was at a mulan he looked like uh, the, he looked like the bad guy from Mulan. I don't know. 
Uh, and he's got like Genghis all that Khan? winter gear on. What, what, Genghis Khan looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was, there, there's just something interesting. So from rebels and this is canon, the empire used to take the bodies, the dead bodies of Jedi and like, I don't know how they did it, but they would manipulate them in some way to that. They would, I'll just give you an example. So they used Luminara. So she was a Jedi of the high council. She was dead. Her body was like pretty much fully decayed at this point, but they would use the force to kind of force project her to other Jedi in the galaxy. Mm. And she would tell them, come rescue me. Like I'm here. This is where you need to come get me. And then the Jedi would come in, be killed. And then they just rinse and repeat for all like these other techniques. So I'm wondering if they're also using them in that way uh, to kind of like lure in other Jedi. But they're also at a point, I think they even said that the Jedi that they're capturing now are like the low level Jedi is the Jedi who weren't even, you know, relevant enough to capture. They're not a real threat. So I'm sure that tactics long gone by now, but interesting something to think about do you think that one of the female jedis that we saw there could be one uh roken's wife because he talked about how his wife had these abilities and that they 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 killed her or captured her Mm -hmm. the one with like the shawl looking thing i thought that would probably be her because i actually i thought she was the girl from um jedi fallen order that was helping cal or an older guy but yeah. I don't know. I don't know yet. I I didn't play the game. I just watched the cutscenes. <laughs> so we don't. Know. I'm assuming that this is Kenobi's taking place after Fallen Order, right? Or is it during the same uh, time? No, it's got to be. It's got to be before. Right. Fallen Order took place before. I'm pretty sure. Before Kenobi, I think so. I don't know because I'm trying to think of that because. Fallen Order ends with Fortress Inquisitoris, Inquisitorius, and it kind of gets wrecked up a little bit. At least one like the hallways does because it floods. And it was before. And it, it was before. Interesting, mm-hmm. ballsy Empire because they make like a whole point about how uh, Kenobi was surprised that there was no like shield or anything around the fortress and like nobody would be dumb enough to do that. So I I would assume that Jedi order would be after that then because someone was dumb enough to do it (laughs) before then. Interesting. I guess Vader's just like, ah, I'll kill him. (laughs) You good. Well, we have bleeps for that. It's okay. Yes. Sorry. I was trying to not give you homework. Dang it. Um, (laughs) Tracking down the cuss words in the editing process. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, um, But dude, thank you for going through the, the little, uh, rundown of the people that's in there. I think that this is going to be really cool to learn more about this whole mm-hmm. process of the Jedi that are in there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's going to be fun, and especially with like everything they're they're also doing it with Grogu's character, right? So he's probably involved with this in some way. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for what they get into it. I do want to talk about Kenobi and his like lightsaber fighting right now. How did you feel about that? I feel like they're they're doing a good job easing us back into him, you know, being good with the lightsaber again, right? He's starting to deflect things and he's not really like perfect in like deflecting the blaster bolts back at the, at the shooters, Mm -hmm. but you know, he's getting it, he's getting it done. No, they're doing a really good job because part four, um, on 
Kenobi's way to Nur, you you see him. He's trying to practice with the Force. He's like moving this like weight, this like button mm-hmm. weight thing, and he's struggling to it or struggling to do it. So it's cool to see how he is like trying to like you know get back up to speed and everything. Um, yeah, and it was cool how because you're because Ian McGregor's doing a really good job of conveying how much effort it's taking for him to 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 manipulate the force and use things like i love it i love that little moment we got where he's hiding behind this pillar from the two stormtroopers and he kind of like you know he like <laughs> he makes them think that there's a sound somewhere else to go off which is like what he does in a new hope i just love how much they're like connecting the two characters <laughs> um yeah. but like, you see on his face and everything he's like really having to like concentrate and struggle to do it um mm-hmm. so i think it's pretty cool uh but to, to your point about the lightsaber I love this moment we get when he actually goes into the room and it's pitch dark or pitch black to save Princess Leia and he kills those two stormtroopers. I love the first stormtrooper. Oh. It took him like four or five little bangs to actually kill him. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot. Sorry. 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 I'm trying to. Like, I'm trying <laughs> oh, that to was your arm. Quick... My bad. Oh, that was your leg. Hold I'm on. I'm trying get to your make this next. a quick death. I promise. And then when he gets his friend, it took him like two. Um, but uh yeah it was it was it was so interesting uh mm-hmm. i just I, I loved all of that um but yeah no it was cool to see him kind of, he's getting his flare a little bit of back or he's getting his flare back a little bit in the hallways as he's deflecting stuff and everything um it was mm-hmm. it was cool and i found it interesting we didn't see him use it too much in part five like we, he actually even uh gives his weapon up to haja Mm-hmm. before he goes and like turns himself in which i definitely want to get into that and how that was very i thought important thematically in that episode and everything but uh okay yeah no i I, th- I think they're doing a cool job with this i just want to see more of it to be honest okay well let's uh let's wrap up episode four because i feel like not much more happened otherwise well, it was more of like little easter eggs sputtered throughout i you don't think to so? ask you well there was one thing i wanted to ask about episode four or part four that we haven't talked about yet. And that's the interrogation between Reva and Leia. One, this kid actor playing Leia, I think is doing such a fun job. Just such such Mm -hmm. a great job. I am really digging her and everything. Um, And I, there's this awesome joke she does when Reva's trying to read her mind and Leia just goes, is this a staring contest? It's so good. (laughs) But I do have a question about this scene. Does Shouldn't Reva sense that Leia's force sensitive during all of this interrogation? Like, shouldn't she, mm-hmm. shouldn't she be like, "Whoa, what's up with you?" Um, I was kind of curious, or kind of like pondering about like why, if that's just like a plot hole, or just like Reva just doesn't care at this point or whatever. I, I don't know. What did you think about all that? I I was thinking the same thing, especially when she's like, "Oh, you're strong." Because, like, Leia obviously looks like she's using a force, probably doesn't realize what she's doing, right? It's just mm-hmm. probably something she does. Um, but, yeah, I, I I guess the rationalization is she just doesn't care at this point because she's so close to getting what she wants. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really know. It, <laughs> it That's a plot hole. It's a plot hole to me. Okay. Honestly, like a very obvious one. Or maybe it just doesn't hasn't come out in her yet, right? It's just so faint. Maybe. I'm not sure. Because I feel like Leia's been using the Force throughout this episode. Like, because she definitely Mm -hmm. reads people, you know, but like she knows what they're afraid of or she knows like what they're thinking and stuff like that. So I definitely think Leia 
is using the force a little bit th- throughout this show. So I, don't know, I just okay, I just wanted to chat and see if you thought that was a plot hole or not. Um, I do have a thought about maybe like what Leia's actual force powers are because obviously we see like a little bit of her training in the sequel trilogy and she just kind of gives up the lightsaber like this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I bet you she's got like this this power that they do a lot in like um, in the old Republic comics where it's how do I describe it? It's just like force meditation in a way, but like you're, hmm. you're not just like sitting with your eyes closed. You, you, you can, you can move about. It's just like your force energy is like kind of radiating outwards. Like as far as you can get it, like this is something that Palpatine could do and would do, but it's, it's just, uh, you kind of like lift up the spirits of those around you. Mm. And to the point where, you know, they don't succumb to fear. They don't succumb to doubt, you know, in moments where it's getting tough because my thoughts are whenever Leia dies in, um, in the sequel trilogy, that's when things start to start kind to, uh, excuse me. That's when things start to kind of unravel for the rebels and they're starting to mm. lose their hope and starting to think like this might be the end. Um, so that's cool. I that's mean, what I'm I- thinking. That's what her power might be. So in, in this moment that, might not be something that Rev has seen before or can identify because it's just not mm. something she's familiar with at this point because the galaxy is just so shrouded, shrouded in darkness that, you know, even little, little rays of like emanating light don't really stick out to her in that way. That's, that's kind of right. how I'm thinking now. And I just kind of thought about that. On the spot, so I'll, I think that that makes so much sense, though, for a person like Leia to have that force ability, because, I mean, she is a general and she is um, for a little bit kind of like a senator or mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, her mom, Padme, was a senator. So uh, the point I was going to make before I put my foot in my mouth there was that <laughs> I think it's cool to see that while she did inherit Anakin's uh, strongness in the force or you know affinity to the force and everything, I think it's kind of cool that it's. Uh, kind of mixed in with Padme's own ability to be a senator into, you know, how how would like a force, a, a senator force user look like? And, that, and that, that's what the force power you just describe of like raising the hopes of people, you know, knowing how to like get along with others and like, you know, rally the troops and things like that. That sounds like what that would be. So I think, I think it's, think it's kind of cool to like implement that from yeah. both of her parents. It's not necessarily like raising the, the individual spirits. It's more like a battle meditation type of thing. Like okay. I'll, I'll give you, an, I'll give you an example. Of this whenever Palpatine would use it, whenever he died in Episode Six, the Empire around them, like as they were fighting, just kind of like everybody was kind of in disarray too. But that's that's described in the books and the comics. Never mind. It's not really portrayed in the movies. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We we go ahead and move on to part five now. Uh, besides, um, I just want to say seeing the T forty seven air. Airspeeders was awesome. And yeah. At the end of the, the episode, from I just want, just want to point out the, the ships. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's your episode five callback for this one, the parallel that you were talking about. Because oh, they brought yeah. it back. And that's like the ready, really on the nose part. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like how Reva is just kind of like thinking on the spot. I feel like she's like the best, and I'm going to bleep this out, but best like bull. <laughs> Like <laughs> when it comes to just thinking on the spot, like you're in trouble with your boss. Oh you, my God. You, you're using the moments that are happening in the moment to be like, no, but 
but I have them tied to a string. I've actually put a tracker on them and I let them get away because it's the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> An angry Vader walking down the hallway was awesome. Like you just yeah. feel how how ticked off he is. Mm, I, I he do force uh, chokes her, dude. That was crazy. Even if she did put a tracker on them, I feel like he still would have killed her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because I, I, I mean, like Vader was killing uh, admirals in Episode Five just for like nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just <laughs> and I don't. I just feel like he would have he would have murdered her here. But uh, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But we know he was he was privy to the whole thing anyway. So, yeah, he's like, he, yes. he's just like, I don't want to do paperwork today. Fine. <laughs> You'll live. Yeah. God, the paperwork. Yeah, he uh, didn't want to go to from Palpatine. a certain point of view. Yeah. Like the next like monthly report he has with Palpatine says, so you murdered another inquisitor. Can you, mm. <laughs> can, did, did, can you where's that briefing? I need that briefing document. Said, why so, you, you know, we it. have three, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. You know how long it takes for the hiring and onboarding process for these inquisitors? Yeah. It's they got to do at lot. least two weeks of e-learnings. Uh, <laughs> we got to catch them up to up to speed on our our acronyms and things like that. It's an HR nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> they had life insurance. Okay, like <laughs> now we're paying. We cannot for afford families' that. medical bills. God, <laughs> we're currently trying to save the galaxy right now. We cannot afford this. We're we're so stretched thin. <laughs> anyways oh my goodness but uh, okay um, so so part five part five part five part five picks up where, where it left off we got the rebels on a string they've tracked them to the path and jabim back in the home base and the empire is pinning them down in their spot uh i feel like the whole <laughs> it was just like the one thing that bothered me was when Reva um, like cuts through the door whenever she's talking to Obi-Wan through the door mm -hmm. she just cuts the lock and then they just get in <laughs> it's moments like that where I'm just like why wouldn't you just get in there and like kill him but I feel like them shooting the cannon against the door just to like let him know you know we're eventually going to get in here was just more of a psychological warfare type of thing mm -hmm. just to to wear him down and stress him out and so they can't think straight in the moment that's yeah. what I was thinking but this one was fun. Uh, it was interesting that we were only in one location the whole time, but I think they did make it work because they were weaving in that Anakin and Obi-Wan training session on Coruscant. Yes. Oh my god. Overlooking yes. the entire city. That was incredible. It looked so good. This was Hayden amazing. Christensen. He looked amazing. He looked just how he looked before with like a little bit of like forehead wrinkle, you know, like he did, he looked way more mature, but it was just like, it was done perfectly. It was pre episode two Anakin. And I just couldn't have asked for anything better. I know. I love how Deborah Chow was just like, no, we're not doing that dang CGI stuff. Not in my show. We're mm -hmm. not doing that. He's fine. He, he look old. Everybody knows who it is. Everybody will get, mm -hmm. cause we're going to give him that like awful haircut and everybody <laughs> will know what timeline we're in. And mm -hmm. for, for Kenobi, the only thing that they really did was just, you know, they got rid of some like the graying in his beard. And, that was and they gave him his mullet back. Yes. Oh my <laughs> the God, terrible. Dude. I hated that mullet. From oh episode my God, two. It's I loved all of this. And the editing was so good. Hayden Christensen is doing an amazing job in this. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool to see, you know, how he can act when he's actually working with like a good director that gives him actual mm -hmm. direction. Um. 
And this plays into, because, you know, this is part five. This also, I think, thematically plays into some of the stuff that we get in Empire, you know, doing that parallel because it's training. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing how, uh, I loved how we're getting all, like, the lessons that Anakin was getting and Kenobi was spewing out to him through this and how that played into how they each knew how to play off each other in this whole Jabim siege Mm -hmm. moment. And it pays off so well at the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was just expert editing. And I love during this, this flashback duel training duel between Obi-Wan and Anakin, just how much anger Anakin does have, how much of a brute he is. And I really wanted to talk about this and just how Obi-Wan and Anakin were were trained as Jedi during two completely different eras. I mean, mm-hmm. Kenobi was raised during peace times and Anakin was raised during a war time. And so and you could tell that through here because Anakin is so much about, you know, I got to defeat my enemy. I won't defeat them through mercy. And he's talking like a soldier in mm-hmm. this which is what the jedi are not supposed to be but obi-wan coming from this peacetime knows how to like like he's a he's a general but like he knows how to like revert back to the the essential core lessons of the jedi and what they're supposed to be and everything and like giving mm-hmm. up his weapon and things like that and um it was really cool and through that it was really cool seeing how this episode did such a good job at bridging the character of anakin and darth vader like you could see Darth Vader and Anakin and Anakin and Darth Vader. Like it did such mm-hmm. a good job at that. And I love how at the end with the fights, I'm getting through so much right now, the fight with him and Reva, you can see how much he's matured since this training scene in terms mm-hmm. of dueling with someone. Um, it's just, this was just an amazing episode. I love so, so much about it. Mm-hmm. And especially at the end when, when Vader's like, you think I didn't know what you were doing this whole time? Like how yeah. stupid do you think I am? And he calls her a youngling as mm-hmm. like, you know, just to like put her right back in her spot. Just make her feel this big. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Do you think he remembered her? From yeah, that? I think so. Yeah. I mean, since he called her youngling, I think so. Yeah, I think true. he's just like, you think I didn't know? Tisk, tisk, tisk. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you were my lab rat and you did exactly what I wanted you to do. So thank you. But yeah. uh, dude, it, ugh, God, it was wonderful. I felt like Hayden was more Hayden. And this, he was more Anakin than he's ever been. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, fantastic directing. Um, should we just talk about real quick Vader grabbing a ship out of midair, oh. just stopping it dead in his tracks? Not any sort of like give of like maybe the ship's gonna get away. It was like no, <laughs> gotcha. No, it's like Deborah Chow was like, no, we're going to see chosen one levels of force using in this, mm-hmm. and it's so good and then i just love that canope and it's awesome because you know how much they how well they edited in the training session with this uh mm-hmm. kenobi just knew that he was going to just fight 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 like he he's blinded by his mm-hmm. need for a victory so yep. he used that against him in this he's like we're going to have a little decoy ship and then as soon as mm-hmm. he destroys that we're going to go and like that's yep. going to get him it's so good it's also very it's also kind of interesting to to think about it that Kenobi would because Kenobi I guess is maybe predicting that Anakin is somehow going to stop the ship. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool to for Kenobi to sort of like implied 
realize how strong Anakin actually is and for him mm-hmm. to be like no he will actually be able to use the force to stop this ship because at least on screen I don't think we've seen Anakin use the force like as much of like a powerful gesture as that on screen with Kenobi so it's kind of cool that we kind of see he's like yo no I, I know how strong he is we, we, mm-hmm. we don't want to mess with it guys it's like it's like because he thinking back Oh no, that's not how it went down. Never mind. I'm gonna scratch that. I was thinking that Anakin at some point tried to stop Dooku's ship from escaping after mm. he'd cut his arm off, but I forgot Anakin was kind of like incapacitated at that point. But yeah, I think there hasn't been an instance of Anakin on screen trying to to rip a sky a ship out of the sky. But I th- yeah, Obi Wan definitely learned from their battle together or just like from their short encounter that this dude is capable of a lot more things than than I last remember. And mm-hmm. he is just fully succumbed by the dark side of the force. So it's crazy. Uh, throwing it down, ripping the thing off, and then the ship flying off in the distance. I didn't even see the second ship behind it till I watched I it the either. second time. Yeah. So that was uh Ugh, that was good. It's I wanna... so good. <laughs> dark side Vader is freaking crazy. I do want to um talk about the bad look for Qui-Gon Jinn in this. I think he, Ooh, he Qui-Gon slander What's going on. Qui-Gon's looking real bad right now. We've seen <laughs> now two people get stabbed and live. <laughs> oh my God. And Qui-Gon oh. just died real quick. I know they're both dark side users and they're probably just like fueled by like revenge yeah, and anger and all these things. Yeah, but man. Th- th- this- <laughs> Doesn't the Grand Inquisitor say that that like it's what do you say like like his need or lust for revenge kept him alive mm-hmm. much like yeah. didn't Darth Maul also say the same thing? Yes. And Reva, but it's like not only did he just not survive the thing, but like force we learned later force healing's a thing and can heal you in the moment. Because like, didn't Kylo Ren get stabbed and then she force heals him right away too? Yeah, he's looking real bad right now. And oh my god, dude! You know what? That dude was ready for early retirement. I think he was. He was, ready to was die. just like, finally, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he's like these kids are so annoying yeah get me like, out I'm, of here i'm done i'm i'm, I'm ready to be at peace yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> he was ready to, to to dip out yeah i just want to be one with the force just get me out of here um, yeah for sure gosh but this episode as a whole i'm realizing that we're not really covering like the middle chunks of it because <laughs> There wasn't much to cover. I'm realizing that not a lot happened in that. Well, yeah, it was, like, it was it was a lot of like back and forth. It was a lot of Kenobi starting to like give orders and things like that. And mm-hmm. we have Leia being small enough to fit in like the vents to go fix the thing that Lala or not Lala Lola was manipulating. You know, so mm-hmm. we're kind of like getting a lot of this, but we're getting a lot of those flashbacks intertwined with all of this. Um I know we kind of talked about it, but like the death scene with Nala mm-hmm. and, or not Nala, Tala. the death scene with Tala and Ned B was very dramatic and was emotional. Yeah, it was very emotional. I love that her last words were "May the force be with you. Um, mm. As like, in, I don't know, dude, I, I, I got sad with her and Ned B <laughs> going away. And I love that the camera after she blows up, that the camera kind of like focuses on Kenobi's face and you kind of just like see, you see him be sad for a moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's really good. Yeah. I was starting to think that they were going to have some sort of like uh love connection with one another. 
It just didn't. Do you kind of get in that a little bit? Oh yeah, I got it. I was like, they want to. They, <laughs> they, they're ready to go. I feel. I just. Obi Wan like just has day. sexual chemistry with everybody. Every woman he meets in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's. He's just a good-looking guy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Um. Yeah. I mean, this episode was great, and now. Yeah, you bring up those things. I feel like I always just forget like the small things that kind of like lead to the events and I forget about like the this is about character development. This is Obi-Wan just kind of like gaining getting his groove back, getting his confidence back. Mm-hmm. Um but then he trusts Haja with that little transmitter and he just why would you trust this guy? You know what I mean? He just drops the thing and yeah, now we got but- a whole new can of worms opened up with Luke's location getting revealed. I think that it's just that is puzzling and one i don't really care for this character haja i again i feel like it's like an element too much and mm-hmm. i don't know i don't particularly care for like how much he's like winking at the camera uh throughout <laughs> stuff i don't know but also we, we can't like put this fully on haja though mm-hmm. bail organa come on dude you it's you gotta be talking in code you know mm-hmm. you, you can't just, just leave in voicemails on people's phones like just leave in voicemails with like specific names planets where you're gonna be the social boy security number Owen. yes it's just like yo you you gotta be like putting some sort of you know, ma- mafia rules like, hey the thing with the guy in the place i'm gonna be there you know <laughs> <laughs> that was funny it's, uh, I so like I, I put this way more on bail than I do on Haja. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, not a smart thing, especially you know the stakes, man. You know you're not even supposed to be talking to me right now. He he even admits he goes. Reckless. I know we said no talking during this, but the lack of communication is concerning me. It's he's like you know Luke and Leia, they're the chosen one, Darth Vader's kids. Anyways, <laughs> you knew all that. That's just context for what I'm about to say that he's located on. <laughs> yes i was also so upset that he said if i don't hear back from you i'm going to go to owen because he's going to need help with the boy it's like he probably needed help with the boy from the beginning why are mm-hmm. you just now deciding to help out right like, it's like you, aren't you rich like, <laughs> don't yes. you aren't you a senator couldn't you have given him some money like what is going on shouldn't you how about we just don't separate the twins how about that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> how about we try that folks let's i don't know but uh anyways um yeah all of that is kind of like you know just a big flub and again it, it plays into how this episode ends with with reva discovering that message and we're kind of led to believe that she's going to somehow heal herself and then go to tatooine i mm-hmm. which is the this the is convoy. where i'm stuck yeah the I'm convoy's stuck. not going there the convoy is you know following the path and they're trying to get leia back to uh alderaan so mm-hmm. And the way this episode ends, it makes it because I love Roken. Um, he, I love how this episode ends. Roken comes to Kenobi. They're on like the ship, and he's just like talking just to Kenobi. And he's like whispering. He's like, "Hey, so just like between you and me, the hyperdrive's not working, and the Empire's <laughs> right on our tail. But don't tell anyone." <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I have a feeling that next episode is going to start with Vader. Uh, I, I guess just Vader boarding that ship and mm-hmm. i'm wondering if we're gonna get like a similar hallway scene like we did in rogue one or something oh. but which will be terrifying and scary um so but it, but i guess it does all now remembering obi-wan does also sense something's wrong so mm-hmm. he kind of senses i guess reva 
found this or something. I don't know that's supposed, if that's supposed to want to get him back to Tatooine. Uh, it, it, it seems to be going like three different directions. So I have yeah. no idea what to expect. I, I have no idea because it's like they could go the route of maybe he takes like an escape pod to this place or similar to um, what was it? Star Wars episode seven. Was it seven or eight where they go to crate? That was seven. That was eight. Yeah, it was eight. OK, yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah, it's like they go to some planet maybe to get pinned down. Maybe they go to Tatooine or something. Ugh. maybe bring the bring the fight back to tattooing but that would be so dumb because it's like why would you go there if <laughs> they're right on your yeah. tail i don't know i i think i'm really struggling with where this could go and i think that's a good thing because i don't know i've been satisfied with predicting i guess some things up to this point but now i'm left in mystery and i kind of like mm-hmm. i kind of like being in this place but you know what we haven't gotten yet we haven't what? gotten any like space battles in this show yet so i wonder if they'll somehow be able to transmit a uh, like a distra- or not, not a distraction a um, I'm sorry I wonder distress if they'll be signal. able to tr- yes if they'll be able to transmit a distress signal to Bale maybe Bale sends just like a fleet to like protect them or something from mm-hmm. the Empire and like maybe we get like some like space battle with that um, I guess we get like the whole like wade dying but we we haven't got like true space battles in this show so i wonder if that's like what we'll get in in this next episode you just cracked me up wade died who (laughs) i don't know r.i.p wade r.i.p wade that random guy that nobody actually knew just the two of us (laughs) yeah um here is let's think let's brainstorm where, where where they could go let's do this together Luke is on Tatooine. Surely, I mean, we're going to have a Kenobi and Darth Vader final showdown, and it's going to be nuts. Probably on a scale, maybe lesser than a scale of like the one that we got on episode three. But that is like one thing for certain, right? Do we agree mm. that that fight is absolutely going to happen? Well, yeah, I definitely think that there's going to be another fight. I also wonder if we're going to get more flashbacks with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Because yeah. it feels like they would have brought Hayden back for more than just that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, man. Okay. Reva, do we think she's going to be redeemed in some way? Do we think she's going to be good side Reva, sacrifice Reva? I'm thinking she's going to do something, regret it, be redeemed, <laughs> and die. That... That that kind of I only think that makes, makes sense. sense to me in my head. Yeah, because going back to what you said at the beginning of this recording about how to thematically tie in with The Last Jedi and this being the sixth episode, I think we are going to get some sort of redemption arc for someone. I think it's going to be her. And I think that's mm-hmm. a really good point. So I almost hope that it is some sort of like sacrificial lamb sort of thing that she does. Um, maybe like protecting Luke or shoot dude i have no idea maybe she somehow gets in contact with kenobi and lets him know that the empire's on their way to go get luke or something like i don't know Mm -hmm. because she what would she i mean what would she do with this luke information she would because she wouldn't use luke to get back in good with the inquisitors because she's pretty much done with them at this point there's no way they'd bring her back right Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't make sense for the inquisitors to really care about this one 
for a sensitive child because nobody knows that Anakin has offspring. I don't even mm-hmm. Anakin doesn't even know at this point. No. Um, yeah, he, he has to find he, uh, Yeah, because I don't know when that comic is uh, where Boba Fett tells him about it. But, he finds out about Luke. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's before or after Kenobi, but I'm assuming it's after. It's after because uh, it's it's after A New Hope that that comic. You're right. Is, yes, he doesn't yes, know. So Vader's Vader's not going to find out about Luke. That's right, because Vader had Boba Fett tracking down the pilot that took out the Death Star because they yeah. were after him, and yeah. that's where you got that. That's right. Um, so yeah, nobody knows that they're related to Anakin or Darth Vader. So it would kind of wouldn't. That's not like a whole lot of them just being random Force users. Isn't a whole lot of leverage for Reva to use to mm-hmm. get back in the inquisitors invader be back on their good side so i'm not really sure how that's going to play into it yeah oh yeah so yeah what would the relevance of the boy be for i guess she probably would be the one to make the connection that they're brother and sister though and that they're hidden for some reason i bet she would she'll know she'll figure it out she'll put two and two together she seems to be pretty like quick on that and that's also kind of like an easy way to like explain things away if she just figures things Mm -hmm. out you know what i mean I guess I don't know. I uh, if they do that, I feel like it's a little too messy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I seriously, I'm I'm kind of stumped. I mean, I yeah. hope that we get another fight with Darth Vader Kenobi just to see like Kenobi back at his full strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be amazing if we see Kenobi <laughs> dismember him again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, I, I don't know like where like this next this this final thing. Um I wonder if we get any God, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool if we get to see like any like Death Star architecture building in this. Oh. If like they just like come across it. Um that would be really cool if we see that. Mm-hmm. And like they have like a fight like on like just a skeleton of the Death Star, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think this is gonna be their chance to say the rebel alliance has already begun and this is like the start of it. And I think we're going to get some sort of like mm. rebel alliance tie in, but that's pretty much it. I don't think we're going to get anything crazy. There's probably going to be like some base that they've got hidden. And this is going to be the start of them jumping around, right? Being nomads. So mm-hmm. that, that's my prediction. I don't know. I feel like we can go in circles talking about this all day, but I think we should just go ahead and just grade these things and, and close it out and hope for the best. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, this was s- such a good one. I think the one thing I did want to point out that was just like a cool little note I had was, um, the just going back to that flashback with Kenobi and Anakin fighting, and the last thing that we get is the lesson that Kenobi gives to Anakin, and it's that uh, Kenobi says, uh your like need to prove yourself is your undoing until you overcome it a padawan you will still be and after he says that we flash back to vader looking up in the sky and kenobi getting away and that's when he has his fight with reva and this fight with reva is so good because we see how much he's matured as a duelist because he doesn't even bring out his own lightsaber he's just using the force Mm. to uh, to defeat her and everything, which also feels very much like a Palpatine thing to do, you know, that doesn't that mm-hmm. kind of like very 
And so I kind of love seeing how much he's matured with that. Um, and it's also kind of like he like echoes that thing that Kenobi told him. This is like, this is, this is how I knew to beat you. And like, you're still my paddle on. And mm-hmm. that to me echoed back to a new hope. That line that Vader says to Kenobi, he says, and now I am the master. And that like, he's just like, you've tricked me on Mustafar. Like you, you best me on Mustafar. You best me on Jameem. But now I am the master. I've learned from everything I can from you and I'm mm-hmm. better than you now. And yeah. so I don't know that to me was like very powerful. I felt like it was a cool tie in with a new hope. Um, I just wanted to say that before no, wrapping our discussion on part. No, that's five. great. I love that you said that. I love that you said that. All right. So what uh, for episode four, what would you rate it out of five death stars? Uh, I really like this one. I think I'm going to go 4.2, like 4.25. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really good. I didn't have many complaints about it, honestly, and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, 4.25 for me. Same. Uh, 4.25 for episode four for me. I think that it had a lot of like good elements, a good standalone episode. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very adventure of the day kind of thing. Um, yes classic star wars a lot of a lot of parallels to old movies and stuff for episode five i give it like a three seven five i want to say oh really because it more so stuck out for me in terms of the uh like the the things carrying it were the flashback with obi-wan and anakin and then like the crazy vader stuff at the end and then like the satisfaction of knowing the grand grand inquisitor is not dead right and my little, my little prophecy was mostly right. Right. <laughs> it made mm-hmm. me feel good, but that was more like intrinsic, I think, and not necessarily like a reflection of the show itself. Cause I didn't think that the, I thought, I thought the scenes inside Jabim, like inside the base when they're pinned down were, were good and a lot of like good character development, but also like forgettable for me in a way, just based on how I, how I'm watching these episodes. Right. And what I'm mm-hmm. thinking about. So that's, that's why I'm giving it like less than a four, but it was still good. You know what I mean? What about you? I think that those are totally fair points to make, um, but I'm going to give it a higher score. I'm going to give it a four and a half, actually. I really oh, wow. okay. liked it. I mean, everything you said isn't wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some stuff in the middle. Oh, I know it's like, not wrong. It's okay. I know it's your own it's, opinion. Is <laughs> <laughs> like kind of, for, I guess, like kind of forgettable. I don't know. I really liked some like the small details we got. Like, I love seeing that Roken has a crossbow blaster like Chewbacca. Um <laughs> And uh, just the intertwining of the that that like the training lesson and everything with, with Obi Wan and Anakin, I thought it thematically it was very important, and the editing was so good. And this invader just looked phenomenal in it. So I might be a little bit biased about some of the stuff that they put in it and like why I liked it so much, but mm-hmm. I thought like thematically it was a very powerful uh, episode, and it had a lot of lessons about you know the kind of how i talked about how like obi-wan was a peacetime jedi anakin was a wartime jedi and i wonder if anakin was raised during peacetime if he would have ever fallen into the dark side and it definitely influenced his world view on things and how he should operate as a jedi and everything and so thematically i thought that there, there's a, so many good things in this and i loved how much it bridged Anakin and Vader being like the same person and how you could see both of them within each other. So, um, so, so I, I gave it, it, so I gave it a lot of 
credit and points for that. So I give it four and a half Death Stars. That's fair. I like it. All right. Well, we got the last one coming up. Surely, I think this is going to be our five for sure. I'm I'm already (laughs) certain of it. But we'll see. Um, it has to stick the landing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, dude. Deborah Chow's just been doing so good. I am so impressed. And I'm just excited. I know, she's to really see good. Everybody else don't you wish that she like kind of did some prequel, some of the prequel movies, so at least like yeah, one of them or something. That's why I want yeah. her to have a trilogy. I just want her to have mm-hmm. like the full budget to do mm-hmm. everything, everything that she wants. Cause I mean she she like showed her stuff on like the small snippets that we got from her uh, in Mando, but like this one, she's she, just, she, she, she's very talented and yeah. you and I kind of talked about it, but there was like a headline going around saying that Hayden Christensen would be so down to do a Darth Vader series, like spinoff yeah. series from this. And she'd be perfect. I, for am, I am now, yes, I am now uh, convinced that I would only be okay with that if Deborah Chow directs it. I don't want yeah. anyone else doing it. Yeah, and credit to Joby Harold's writing too, because he's yes. he's been doing fantastic. Like his, um, like the dialogue is great. I think and mm-hmm. the dialogue it moves the story, you know, without things actually happening. And I think that's that's really impressive because like not only is it good for the director to kind of like portray that on the screen, but for it mm-hmm. to be actually written out for the actors to like speak these words and then they ma- them make sense and them not be made fun of like i don't like sand or <laughs> you know just yeah. the random stuff that we got you know throughout the the prequels and the sequels i think i think it's been great they can fly now yeah. you know <laughs> none of that but i think we're ready do you want to go ahead and close out the show and then uh we'll end this thing Yes, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Blue Milk Drop. If you enjoy the episode, please be sure to share us with friends and family. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Milk Drop. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe as well. And if you listen to this episode, send us on Twitter a no-context gift of your favorite gift that has to deal with the Death Star. I would love to see that. Um, but uh, thank you again so much for listening. And thank you to the folks that have been sending us those no, those non, or bleh. thank you to those people that have been sending us those no context gifts. Thank you, Jess. She's been sending us those, uh, those gifts. And I think it's a really funny, like a little homework assignment. So yeah, send us your Death Star gifts. I would love to see them. All right, for sure. All right. Well, thank you guys. And may the force be with you. Don't get trapped in amber. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. The Force will be with you. Always.